You are listening to Let's Talk Trio on podcasts. Keep up with the latest episodes by downloading the Podbean app or stream episodes via our social media accounts. Search for Let's Talk Trio on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This episode is sponsored by Student Access. Student Access, the leader in Trio software. Student Access is an online database solution that allows TRIO programs to track their students' information, connect with students by text messages, streamline the APR, and work from anywhere, all online, with automatic updates for changes from the Department of Education. Their technical support team includes former TRIO staff and has over 50 years of combined experience working with TRIO. Make it easier to focus on your priority, the students. For more information and to request a free demo, visit their website at www.studentaccess.com or call them toll-free at 1-800-801-1232. That website again is www.studentaccess.com or 1-800-801-1232. Be sure to share your favorite episodes on your social media by tapping that share button. This is a great way to support the podcast. Now here's your host, Juan Rivas. Thank you, Amelia, for that wonderful introduction. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Trio. I am your host, Juan Rivas. In this episode, we have Rob Carriaga, a Trio staff member at Central New Mexico Community College. Rob is on the podcast to talk about his college journey, what it takes to be a college student, and how we can help one another become a better version of ourselves. So coming up in just a bit, Rob Carriaga. This episode was really fun to create. Uh, Rob came onto the podcast. We talked about a lot of his life journey, uh, how life kind of plays things, everything out for you. Uh, and sometimes it's not fate. Sometimes it's just destiny that you're met, meant to meet with certain people. Uh, and Rob is definitely in that list of people when you meet um, destiny and fate had brought you to their doorstep for a reason. Uh, and with Rob, it's uh, that reflection. It's looking back at uh, the, the college journey and uh, f- figuring out um, how we can help others. So it was really a really cool episode to record. I just want to say, I say thank you to Rob for being on the podcast. So Rob, thanks so much for a wonderful conversation. Remember, if you would like to be featured on Let's Talk Trio, please send us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Direct message us, or you can email us at Let's Talk Trio, L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K-T-R-I-O at gmail.com. A quick thanks to our sponsors, Angelica Villalpando and Student Access, for sponsoring this episode. Thank you all so much. You too can be a sponsor. Head on over to Kickstarter. We are in our Kickstarter campaign. Uh, Donate any dollar amount. $5 or more gets you a Let's Talk Trio decal. Or you can sponsor us on a monthly basis. Head on over to Patreon. Sponsor us for any dollar amount. Our sponsorship tiers range from $1 to $50. For corporate sponsors, you can head over to our corporate section. $100 a month, you can run an ad on our podcast. Again, Very fun episode. I hope you all enjoy this episode with Rob Carriaga, TRIO Student Support Services Achievement Coach at Central New Mexico Community College. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Five, four, 
three, two, one. Hi, Trio Nation. My next guest on the Let's Talk Trio podcast serves as an achievement coach for Trio Student Support Services at Central New Mexico Community College. He is also a faculty member at CNMCC for communication. He has an associate's degree of liberal arts at CNM, has a bachelor's degree in psychology and communication at UNM, obtained his master's in counseling at UNM as well, and is currently a couple classes away from finishing organizational learning at a master's degree at UNM as well. He's a single dad, practices Tai Chi, is, and his biggest achievement he, he's shared with me is that he is a, he's been a big part of Trio for about 18 years, and he is the first one in the family to go to college. Please welcome a personal friend of mine and Trio colleague, Rob Carriaga. Rob, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Juan. It's a pleasure to be here and to have this opportunity to be able to connect with all the people in Trio land. Hello. Thank you so much for being on here. It is an honor to have an esteemed Trio staff member to talk to us about their program and their experiences with Trio. So, uh, Rob, real quick, uh, how are you holding up in the midst of this pandemic? I'm doing my best, like everyone else. I think it's uh, probably one of the biggest challenges I've had in my life, other than single fatherhood. Uh, Of course, it's a combination of the two at this point. (laughs) My two sons are in their rooms right now online with school. And my daughter's in college. She moved out not that long ago. She has an apartment. Oh, wow. So, right. So I'm holding out well, but as, as many of you, you know, our families, the, 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 the unit that we spend the most time with, or I'm spending more time with, and that is both a pleasure and a challenge because we're not used to it. All right. But, um, hey, I live in Corrales. I'm looking at an orchard of trees right now, so I feel very lucky. At the same time, you know, uh, having to do things differently, so. Absolutely, yeah. Any skills that you picked up during the quarantine? Any what, I'm sorry? Any any skills that you've picked up during the quarantine uh, while uh, spending time with family? Well, learning how to use Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> That's the majority of America, right? Learning how to use the Zoom tools and the videos and all that? Yeah, the the, the technological learning that's gone on in the last few months is has been tremendous i mean it's been overwhelming uh because like i said i also teach so i i got converted from an online class in spring to a i mean from a a a face-to-face class to two of them to two online courses Mm -hmm. so i had to totally switch gears and finish those courses as an online instructor in addition to what's relevant for, for TRIO, of course that is as well, because we work with students who are in classes, but is all of the, the changeover to online um, advising or you know, consulting with students. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's been a lot of learning, especially for a guy my age, you know, 56, who isn't as great at, com- at computers as someone like you, Juan, who maybe grew <laughs> oh, up. No, no, no. I mean, Robin, you don't look 57. You look like you're still very in the in the early 30s part of you. So it must be great genes over there. Yeah, well, I want to thank my makeup artist as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, 
but uh, in in all seriousness, I mean, you've adapted. Uh, you're you're a single dad. You do a lot of self care stuff. Um, but how has this how has this pandemic impacted your work? Well, it I you know the 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 best thing about my job is spending time with a student and working with them in talking about what they're doing, them asking me questions, uh, me trying to answer them. Cause you know, with Trio, we have the, our mission is a little different. Well, maybe it's the same, but I will spend as much time as it takes to help a person learn as much <laughs> as I can possibly, you know, teach them or help them with in, in a, in a session, which isn't always the case for other students who have uh, who have to kind of get in and out of an advisor's office, we're able to sit there. We're able to talk. We're able to to do the the little talk and then the big talk and the important talk, and getting to to be in the same space. Now, that's a little different online, especially sure. with the challenges of. Uh, not being able to see the person in three dimensions. I mean, it's a two-dimensional flat figure uh, on screen. Uh, the technology, I'm using a computer that's pretty outdated. So uh, hearing people is a little different. I told you I have a hearing issue. I, I can't hear out of one ear. So being able to hear what's going on. Um, I got tired of wearing these giant earphones too to make it better. It's, you know, I think I think the difference is that the human high touch versus high tech mm -hmm. and in high touch what i mean is it's a lot different to sit down with you and talk with you in a room like we have before than it is to do it online right. even though we're doing it, it's also fun to do this and i'm maybe it's just learning because <laughs> this is pretty fun so maybe i'll be all, all you know online uh in the future who knows right uh, with the, the the way technology is going, it's certainly moving in that direction. And I know various colleges and universities has, have chosen different methods to outreach and engage students. Uh, since working from home, uh, and you were talking a little bit about this earlier, but your method to outreach and engage students, do you feel like that has changed fundamentally? Uh, yes and no. I mean, you know, methods of engaging students there's the broad stream, everything from a, a trio text blast or email message to the listserv. Now that's something we can still do. And I think that's more effective now that people are much more in tune with that type of messaging, even though younger people who, you know, they're, they're a lot in college are generally oriented in that direction anyway everyone is now because that's how we get our messages but what's what's missing is the walks on campus you know mm -hmm. when i walk on campus i can't get from one building to another without seeing three or four or five or ten trio students <laughs> right that either want to just say hey rob oh wow it's cool to see you over here yeah or Hey, what do I do? <laughs> right. We got to find some shade or some warm plate, whatever season it is to pull aside and, and talk. So uh, that 
isn't happening anymore. But the online approach, you know, we're working on workshops for online. We're working on all kinds of stuff to be able to engage students. Uh, chat groups. One thing we want to do is have a chat group. We're going to invite our students into a Zoom session every two weeks where they can ask questions, question and answer session with the coach. Mm -hmm. Of course, they've got the online tutoring options now with our, our tutors. Yeah. Um, basically trying to do what we do in-house online, just converting everything over. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, speaking of college and speaking about uh, all of that, can you talk to us about your journey in college and what did that look like for you? Well, it was pretty messy in the beginning because I went to public school and I was not focused on going to college at all. And I did go to college at 19 years old. First one in my family to go. Uh, again, my parents didn't go, my cousins. No, I didn't know anybody who went to college. And I flunked out of college in the first semester. Oh, wow. What? I flunked out of college. I, I didn't have the skills. Mm. I was the same smart, you know, good looking guy you see right now. No. <laughs> Thanks to the makeup person. But, but I didn't, I didn't know how to write. Mm. I knew how to read, but I, I didn't know the, the, what well, the rules of grammar mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or did I know the rules of time management or study? Mm -hmm. I had long forgotten that stuff. I was good at that stuff in eighth grade, but, by the time I ended school, I was no longer good at that stuff. So I flunked out and I went to work. I did whatever, um, had an extended adolescence until I was about 22, 24 years old, I forget. Mm -hmm. Then I went to CNM. At CNM, I became very successful at school. And it was due to my, I give credit to my girlfriend at the time. She was a college graduate. She's somebody I met when I was flunking out of school at, at UNM mm -hmm. that first semester. And we got together later and, and we, you know, started having a relationship. But her family, her dad was a doctor, psychiatrist. Her mother had a master's degree in social work. And, and her grandparents had degrees. So they were very familiar. She was very familiar with the, the academic uh, process of going to college. I was not. But the one thing, the one key that, that, that really, I think, made a whole difference is this person who was a college graduate who came from a, a different class than I did. I came from working class, um, from professional class, to put in those terms, looked at me and said, you know what? You're just as smart as any of those people. You're just as smart as I am. I mean, how do you define smart, right? Mm -hmm. So she told me this. She said, what you don't... What you don't have, Rob, is you just don't know the rules. You don't know how it's done. You don't know how to play the game. So, the, so that was enlightening. And then the next level was how motivated am I to do it? Mm -hmm. So the motivation kicked in. The support was there. And the clarity that at 24 years old, there weren't a whole lot of options that I could see without a college degree for the type of stuff I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, so anyway, the rest was history because I started getting A's and I started liking A's and, you know, put the method, read, write, recite and over yeah. and over and over again and stayed motivated. And, uh, that, that, that's what happened as far as my, my pathway. Wow. 
And when you were doing that, um, did you receive any sort of academic services or were there any programs like TRIO that existed when you went to college? Well, as we both know, um, TRIO's been around as long as I've been alive. I know you might not have known that. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is news to me. Yeah, this is news. To Trio was around, but but unfortunately, Trio wasn't at CNM, which is called TBI. Uh-huh. And if it was at UNM, which I don't know how long it's been there, I didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. And I I had support from my friends and a few teachers. And what what really made a difference for me was I I was recruited into the honors program at CNM. Mm-hmm. And when I got into that honors program, I really engaged because the people I met in that class, it was a class, ended up being uh, lifelong friends. And these people, these students, were the kind of people that checked the dean's list to see if they're on it. <laughs> and when one of our friends wasn't on it, we were all like, hey, why aren't they on it? You know, we called them. Right. Like, what, yeah. what happened to you? You know, what's going on? So, so my, my friends, my friend network, and they were all adults like me, they were all in their mid to late twenties were really helpful. Cause I, we made it together. I mean, we mm-hmm. spent a lot of time together and supported each other, but unfortunately I didn't know about any formal systems that would have, would have been very helpful like trio. Yeah. Yeah. And as you went through college, you got an associate's in liberal arts. What was that field in and, and why did you decide an associate's first? Well, since I had dropped out of or got kicked out of UNM, I really didn't have any option except to go to a community college. Mm-hmm. So I went to TBI, which is now CNM. And the only degree they had that transferred to a four-year university or the required courses for that particular degree that transferred was liberal arts that, that's all they had they have many they have like 50 or 60 now mm-hmm. so i pursued that because i didn't want to be a welder and, or a truck driver or uh, in go in business or anything yeah so i knew i wanted a four-year degree and you know people helped me to understand that by getting that liberal arts degree i was halfway toward a four-year degree so that's why i chose to do that okay and uh, as a follow-up, um, who were your mentors during your college years? You, you mentioned a girlfriend that was part of that inspiration to really re-engage in your education. Uh, but who else? Who also served as your uh, mentors? Well, um, my best friend Michael Maddox. He was part of that group. He was. He's a corporate lawyer in Atlanta. He was ex-military. Um, he, he was a real trailblazer. So he, for instance, was the president of the Phi Theta Kappa chapter at CNM. And that's how I became a vice president in that because just knowing that, knowing him and being mentored, I guess, socially in that way. And then academically, I remember people like, um, boy, I can't remember his last name, but his first name was Tim. And he was my English teacher and he was the uh, faculty advisor for that particular organization that uh, Phi Theta Kappa that I belong to. 
and we would go to his house and his his dog was named Walden <laughs> which was cool from Walden Pond and oh, neat yeah and, and he would have parties and, and we would all these students would end up there and I thought this is so cool you know to to be at my professor's house and with all these students who are going to college so he was a, a big mentor he'd always step aside and talk to me about what was going on or if I had any questions he would answer them um so he was a big influence as well as some other people at CNM other teachers had a psychology teacher that asked me over to Christmas dinner and I went to his house for Christmas dinner and met some of his friends. That was awesome. Um, other professors at the university that I ended up interacting with socially, you know, going to civic events, plays, going to their houses, talking about academic stuff. This was very different for me. <laughs> you know, I didn't grow up like that. So, so that was, that was new. And I, I consider those people, my mentors, but it's sort of a different type of thing than what I have with students. I think in that it's not formalized. It's more just kind of by chance, I guess. I think that uh, that mentorship, right, is important when it comes to uh, uh, cultivating that college journey. And I'm sorry, you saw my kids kind of fighting in the background. Um, my son was just trying to help the other one move along. Uh, he was uh, had his iPad here and I could like hear everything he was doing. I was like, uh, that's not going to be good. So I muted myself. So I didn't interrupt any part of your, your uh, interview. Um, so sometimes that's a good thing, Juan, because you know they're alive. <laughs> that's true. I have to go check on mine. That's when it gets true. too quiet, then I need to worry. Becomes suspicious a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but um, my next question to you, um, as far as uh, uh, college, did you in encounter any challenges? And if so, how did you overcome them? Well, like I was saying earlier, my, my first attempt at college was a disaster. I didn't study. When I did study, it was did not very long and I didn't manage my time. I didn't go to class all the time. And I spent a lot of time doing other things that I weren't helping me hang around with friends, uh, working, uh, just doing stuff like that. So it took years again it took getting kicked out and years of maturity for me to get to a place where i realized that if i wanted to do certain things in my life i was going to have to commit to some work at the time which was college and so that was a huge challenge and then once i committed i had to really struggle to learn how to function as a college student. And I had to go the extra step and, and work with a lot of tutors, with a lot of people that helped me just do the most basic things on a computer or get through the math classes or whatever it is I had to do. So I, and I had to overcome a lot of personal self-doubt as well at the time. I didn't know if I could do it. I, 
I didn't, it was foreign. Nobody had done it before. It wasn't like I could, yeah. like me, when I talk to my kids, having done it, I'm like, eh, it's easy. Y'all yeah. just, don't worry about it. Well, let's talk about it. Right. You know? Five minutes ago, my son was upset because he's like, I don't know how to write in cursive. You know, he's eight years old. I said, don't worry. You've never even tried. Right. <laughs> we'll do it together. Right, right. So when you're talking about mentorship, oh, that's huge, man. Just being able to look in someone's face and them telling you, oh, yeah, you could do it. That's not going to happen right now. You got to work a little bit, but you can do it. I did it. Look at me. Right. You know? Anyone who looks at me should have total confidence <laughs> that they can do it. <laughs> that's a, a good piece of advice, Rob. A really good. Yeah, they say if he can do it, oh, man, I can do it. What? <laughs> That's awesome. Can you take us back to when you graduated from college? Can you describe that feeling for us? Oh, well, graduating from CNN with an associate's degree was like really weird because, I mean, my mom was in the audience. My parents had just divorced. They got back together after that, but my dad wasn't there. My mom was there. I was a single father. I, I was a father at 17 years old oh wow so my in high school yeah and uh yeah I, i'm i'm a regular guy i'm i'm an aps you know success story i, I got to college not you know barely knowing how to function okay <laughs> so and, and, and uh, you know i don't know what the stats the stats are but you know teenage pregnancy well it was pretty rampant at the time oh yeah 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 it was so I remember getting my, my degree and my daughter yelling <laughs> as a little baby, a little <laughs> child, Daddy! You know, that, it was like, and that was monumental. Yeah. Uh, it really was. Oh, that's amazing. And then, you know, and then when I got my bachelor's degree, it was, uh, I, was a I was a college person at that time. I was yeah. inundated. I was indoctrinated, I guess, whatever, enculturated into this world that that was now a big part of me yeah so so getting that degree was um it was a little weird because what am i going to do now you know? yeah absolutely well, what's next so your your educa educational journey had led you to a career in trio uh can you talk to us how that came to be and how how did that happen for you well um when I got my uh, when I when I got my bachelor's and uh, I, I moved to New York for a little while and, and then that didn't go so well so I moved back to Albuquerque and I got a job as a, a mentor for college athletes for basketball players at, at the university and I was a little reluctant to do that that wasn't my dream my dream was to work in TV <laughs> yeah <laughs> be a producer <laughs> not, not to mentor people. Yeah, but 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 I started doing that, and and when it when I did it, I realized that I could connect with the college athletes because they had backgrounds like I did. Mm -hmm. I mean, they weren't good in high, necessarily good in high in in school, and their parents didn't necessarily go to college. Not all of them, but you know, a lot of them. The ones I ended up interacting with right. most. Right. So I identified with them, and it turned into a really good experience for me to be at a professional level again you know prior to that i had been a waiter or something mm -hmm. and which 
you know, it's good to be a waiter. You make a lot of tips. You know? I mean, tell well, you, sure, you know, sure. Yeah. But, but that was my first job with an office and a phone. And, and I really learned to like it. And that led me into advisement and that sort of thing. And I did that for a couple of years at CNM after working for five years with the UNM basketball team. And I met my boss, Magda, when she put out an ad for people to do workshops. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, I'd love to do workshops and learn how to do that. I wasn't teaching yet either. And um, that's how I learned of TRIO. And it's, it's always really weird because I had taken a, a trip to Minnesota before meeting Magda and the, and the TRIO program at CNM. And I had been to a TRIO office. I had forgotten what it was called, but I remember it was the weirdest experience. It was, it was in Minnesota, University of Minnesota. And I remember being in this office where all these students were. Mm -hmm. And they were all running around and getting on the phone. And I was kind of like, this is a little too casual. What's going on? It was like a club. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you know, where's the order here? It was, it was, it, Cause usually you go in and there's a person <laughs> sitting at the desk sure. and, you know, sure. give you a number and right. wait and right. go talk to somebody. It wasn't happening there. But yeah. anyway, so, so when I, I ended up with meeting with Magda, uh, I thought, wow, that, that's really cool. You're, you're more like family oriented, more connected. It just seemed less formal than, uh, than, than what I was doing. So later when she put out an application or put out an ad for a, uh, an advisor an achievement coach, I decided to go for it. And I remember I got a lot of um, questions and, and from other people. And I used to be asked at the time, why would you leave a hard money job to go to a soft money job? Mm -hmm. That's what they would ask because Trio's a grant. You know, every, we just got our grant. I was like going crazy two weeks ago. I didn't know if I had a job. Okay. <laughs> right. I, I'm so right. glad. Otherwise, tomorrow I think would be my last day. And I only learned about this a couple of weeks ago. So I started, I, I knew that at the time it was a calling. I knew that, that I was being asked to do this job, uh, you know, and so I started joking with people and I said, well, because hard money makes you soft and soft money makes you hard. So I started right. telling people that because <laughs> I said, you, you got a job, I got to earn my job. <laughs> I like that. Good response. Um, Rob, we're going to quick take a quick break. We'll be back with more with Rob Carriaga, who is the achievement coach at Central New Mexico Community College Trio Student Support Services. Three, two, one. And we are back with Rob Carriaga. He is the achievement coach at Central New Mexico Community College Trio Student Support Services. Rob, so we were talking about your experiences, your journey, and how you got involved with Trio uh, Student Support Services. 
at uh, CNMCC. Uh, you serve as an, as, as an achievement coach. What does that mean? Well, basically the achievement coach model started at CNM uh, 20 years ago or so. It wasn't very common in higher education at the time. Now the term coach is used for a lot of different things. It really is. Yeah. Right, right. And we're familiar, you know, it, it came out of, out of the social sector, business sector as a, from life coach, executive coaches into academia where in, in, at CNM, where I've been working all this time, a coach has always been a person who helps students succeed. Now, now that's a very broad statement. So how you help students succeed varies depending on the type of coach you are, or the department you work in. So my department is TRIO. And in the TRIO program, I provide a lot of what I do is, is academic advising, course requirements, pathways, but we do it to the nth degree. So I'm talking about PhDs or medical school or whatever it is a student's trying to do. And not just talking about it, but outlining the pathway with them. You know, and, and a lot of times with a first generation student or any student, you've got to explain what a Bachelor of Arts means before you ever get to a PhD. Sure, yeah. You know, I don't want to get a degree in art. Okay, I understand that. You're not going to get a degree in art. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's English, but they call it an art. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're, yeah, demystifying the whole Phi Theta Kappa, Phi Kappa Phi, Magna Cum Laude. These are not part of, of your general vernacular. Right. And then I use that word vernacular. That's not even part of the vernacular. <laughs> yeah. Because college can be very confusing for students when you're tossing these Latin and, and sometimes very foreign words to them. And the, these first generation students don't understand what, what's being said. Yeah, I mean, I knew a little Latin going in. I knew orale esse. That was my Latin going to college. I came out saying <laughs> I graduated Phi Beta Kappa. <laughs> whole separate new set of languages that you're whole, whole new language so right. i help them with the language i help them with the classes absolutely I help them with the careers mm -hmm. what do i how do i went to you know i wanted to be a therapist for a while and i thought getting my bachelor's was what i needed to do yeah then they said no you need to go to graduate school i said what i already graduated they said we know now we want you to go to school again who knows that? You don't yeah. know that when your dad drives a truck for Hutchinson Fruit Company. You know, I mean, you don't know. I got to go to graduate school now. And graduate school is not enough. I, I need to do 3,000 hours of a mentorship supervision. Mm -hmm. And I need to take multiple tests. Yeah. Or what if I get a PhD? Oh, PhD, EDD. What's an EDD? Yeah. Oh, an educational. We know this. You and I know this. But someone working on their first English class doesn't know that. Right. So, so the, the fact that we get to spend time, time. Yeah. I sit there sometimes for 90 minutes with a person. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah. 
I don't stop them. Luckily, my boss doesn't doesn't know. No. <laughs> now she supports that. I, to me, that's the number one thing is the fact that I can. I mean, a lot of our colleges, they get 15 minutes of advisement and they move them on to the next person. Oh, sure. Sure. I'm there for 90 minutes and we're looking at all that. And we're also, we you know, we swapped the identification stories, I, I, the neighborhoods we came from, the, the family circumstances, the, the troubles with money, the whatever, the social conversation we get to have at the same time while we're handling business. Yeah. Cause it's not all business. There's that personal connection that's happening as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you did a very good job already in uh, segueing into the next question and you've already answered the question. So I'm going to go on to the next is uh, what do you think are current challenges for first generation students? Well, I think the most immediate challenge is, is technology. Um, I'm doing okay. I've got multiple laptops and I have, you know, the option to bring my desktop and I have basic skills and I'm, you know, been in the business for a long time. Now other people, kids might have better skills, whatever. I guess the point is when I think about like poor families or, or families that maybe haven't had a lot of exposure to higher education, in this environment where they've got to get on the phone or on the computer to get anything done, to get admitted, to get, to do, they have to be proctored online to do their admissions exams. Um, you know, it's all technology. And to be able to, to stay motivated when you run into roadblocks, a lot of, a lot of my, yeah, a lot of my success is that I'm lucky. I live in a world or in a society, I guess, mm -hmm. where there's like fifth and sixth chances where I can keep trying. And then, and then I'm also lucky that I keep trying. Those two things are, are the whole key to my success. The fact that I have the chance to keep trying. Yeah. And then the other part is <laughs> I have the whatever motivation to keep doing it. I don't give up. So I think, I think the biggest challenge is to keep people from giving up. Yeah. And that's a good thing about Trio because they can call and say, hey, Juan, hey, Rob, I don't know. I don't, my computer is terrible and I, I, I hate this online stuff. And we can say, hey, let me, maybe we can find a better computer. <laughs> right, right. And um, I know the online stuff is hard, but once you get used to it, it gets better. Absolutely. And then we remind them of the dream. We go back to the dream. Why are you doing this? Because you don't want to do that for the rest of your life. Right. You want to do something else. So even though it's hard now, you know, it's immediate gratification. It, it, it's helping people, first generation students, to see the big picture and to stay in tune with the big picture. Fantastic. Yeah. I agree. Um, as you reflect on your career, Rob, can you tell us about a time either with the program or in conferences that really, uh, that is really memorable to you and really sticks to you? Well, I, okay. The, the, the funnest part of trio for me <laughs> is when I'm not working, <laughs> when I'm, uh, <laughs> when I'm at the conference, 
and and I'm kind of sad it's going to be online. You know, that's fun and all, but yeah, I like being with other people. You know, at the hotel, talking to Juan Rivas, talking to Don Blue Sky, going to lunch, knowing that that they're living kind of the same work life I am over at Eastern or in Oklahoma or wherever it is they're at. I love being with trio professionals, with trio people. I was on conference Zoom with uh, Don. I love seeing Don. Don is cool, so bright and happy. She is, she's amazing. I love seeing Juan. He's bright and happy. I, you know, even though you're not with trio, you're still trio to me, you know? I, I love being with, with the trio people. To me, that's so fun for me as a person. Just my own little selfish part of that is, is knowing really great people who do what I do and, and being able to be with them uh, sometimes. Absolutely. In general, you know, going back to like the best part of trio is, is being with the students and doing the events and um, getting to talk to them about their lives, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Students have certainly learned a lot from you and they've gained a lot of knowledge about college. Do you stay in touch with your alum? Yeah, weirdly enough, uh, some of them are my best friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's amazing. Yeah, and we're we're well beyond the dual relationship thing because <laughs> I'm I'm very good about that. You know, I'm not. I don't take things lightly. I don't go hang out really with people while I'm working with them. You know, but I have a couple of best friends, and they're professionals. They're um, counselors, social workers, uh, people who. You know, there's one, she's a therapist out there and, and she's offering to give me supervision hours <laughs> because if I, if I transitioned into that. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I love, having been around so long, it, it's one of the most interesting things about life is to know a person when they're just starting out and, you know, they're really dependent on asking you a bunch of questions and you helping them out a lot. And then to see that person later and go, wow, they have this great job and they're, they're so, you know, skilled. And that's, that's just a, an amazing thing for me to, to see that in my life. It's really Absolutely. neat. Yeah. Do you think trio is still relevant today? Oh yeah. More than ever. I think, uh, I think trio is, is what college should be like. I think if I pay, if I paid you know, a lot of money to send my kid to some liberal arts college and, you know, the forest somewhere where, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're going to, I would hope that they had some kind of structure where people felt like trio students, where, where my, my kid felt like they could talk to their advisor anytime. And right. They could sit with them and, and they could have these social functions with other students and stuff like that. And as far as first generation or pe people, I mean, I live in New Mexico and, you know, I don't know if this is just New Mexico or broader, but we have reservations. We have people that live without, without electricity or mm -hmm. water. Mm -hmm. I mean, going to college is, is huge. And, and, and 
people don't understand college unless they've been there or have other people that have been there right. to help them understand. Well, maybe they do, but a lot of people don't. And that's what we, that's, that's how, that's where we come in. True. So in, in the topic of college, recently college came under scrutiny for its relevance and whether or not we still need to keep that model of, of universities and colleges. What would you say to those that don't see the value of a college education? Well, I'd say go try and get a job. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's a good statement. Yeah. Well, because, you know, I get it. It's, it's a changing world. But I know that if, if you're, especially if you're from a, a lower economic bracket, well, who do you know? Do you know anybody that works in TV? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my uncle was an electrician. I could have got a job as an electrician as a 19-year-old because mm -hmm. I knew him. Mm -hmm. But uh, I wasn't going to go get a job at a university. So I think it's it's... It depends on what you want to do in your life, but it, but it, if if I think for some people it may not be as worth it as it was in the past because of a lot of things are very skill based and they still are. You need to have the skills. A degree itself isn't enough. You need to know what you're doing in in that environment where where you're going to work, whatever that is. Um, but. College is a great way to get that. Not only that, it's a, it's a big shift socially. I mean, my daughter is in her first year and you know, it's a lot different. I mean, I came from a neighborhood where people didn't go to college. So mm -hmm. I still know these people, I go hang out with them. It, it's different. When you go to college, you get re-socialized, maybe for the better, maybe for the worse, <laughs> but, but- <laughs> Could be one or but, the other. Could be one or the other, but you, uh, <laughs> it's certainly a choice. And I don't, I will never tell anybody it's a bad choice. Yeah. It's a great choice. I enjoyed college. Yeah. College was a wonderful time in my life. It was a time where I studied and I learned and I, I changed and I was exposed to things and I became much more confident on a broad spectrum. Yeah. Before college, I, I don't know, you know, or without college, I don't know if I'd be that comfortable talking to a judge, say. Sure. But now I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I'm sitting with judges and lawyers and all these kind of people. And I'm like, yeah, those are the, you know, that's that's Nikki and, and that's, uh, you know, Sarah. <laughs> this is another person to me. I mean, they're the person right. I went to school with. I don't feel like they're, oh, so high and mighty. I'm, yeah. I'm like, no, just people. Right. But I don't know if I would have felt that way before. And I'm yeah. just being honest and throwing it out there. It was, it was a different world. You know? Right on. I, I like that. Um, Rob, as we wrap up the podcast, I, uh, a couple more questions for you. Uh, what advice would you share to any future, current, or alum of TRIO? Future, current, or alum of TRIO. Are we talking about the workers or the students? The students, I'm sorry. The students. I would say go to college. I would say find the, the area that you are interested in. Don't worry so much about 
what you're going to do, but find something that you just think this is great. I really want to know how to do this, or this would be awesome. I enjoy this. I get this, whatever that is. Like for me, it was psych and communication. Those worked for me. Math did not work for me. You know, somebody else needs to do math <clears throat> and somebody else will. And then get the skills, learn how to do things. My first degree was in communication and the mistake I made is I wanted to be in television, mm -hmm. but I didn't know how to work in television. <laughs> I took a lot of theory. <laughs> I took very little application. Yeah. And when I went to the, the television station, they said, do you have a demo reel? And I said, what's a demo reel? <laughs> you know, that's about how long that career lasted. Yeah. You know, I, learn how to do stuff. Learn how to like, 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 one here he's doing a podcast learn how to do podcasts learn how to do real things with that knowledge yeah, yeah. and then stay motivated this world is very challenging covid mm -hmm. right now we're challenged right now to stay home wear a mask um stay motivated go to school online all of these challenges we have to stay i have to stay motivated I have to talk myself, I have to work with myself, I have to take care of myself to be able to endure all these challenges. And I say to do that because in the long run, the, your mission in life is to become, you know, as, as full a person as you can. To, be, you know, become educated, become skilled, be able to help your community, be able to make money, be able to, you know, provide for your families. So, so motivation is key. Absolutely. Uh, and taking care of yourself is, is very important in the midst of cha challenges will never stop happening. They'll always be happening. But, Agreed. So it's important to take care of the core so that you can uh, endure and, and, and handle that stuff. Absolutely. Rob, very well said. And, and as a staff member of TRIO, what is some advice that you would give to new staff starting in TRIO or experienced staff members? Well, I don't know how, how long you'll be with TRIO. You're with TRIO now. And I don't think you'll ever have a job like TRIO if you leave TRIO <laughs> in, in education. I've been in all the different areas and, and you know, teaching. Oh, that sounds prestigious. Well, it might be, but you don't have friends. <laughs> you might, but, but people they don't have meetings. They don't have you know, conferences. They have this, this, this love. <laughs> Trio is love. Trio Absolutely. is like, I mean, it's so easy to talk to Juan right now because we've had lunch together. I know he cares. I know about his family. I know about his life. He knows about mine because Trio is very warm. It's a very warm, loving, caring environment. Most of the people that work in Trio have been through the same, similar things as their, their students who, who are in Trio maybe they're first generation or they're, they were low income or they have a disability or whatever, whatever it is, they, they kind of get it most of the time. Right. And it's really awesome to, to be associated with such a large organization that is on that mission. During my first, I'll, I'll end with this or, or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah go for it. I want to say this during my first month of working for, uh, for trio, 
I went to two conferences. I went to the national conference and I went to the regional conference. Mm-hmm. I went to SWASAP and I went to the national conference. At the national conference, this is like two weeks into TRIO. I had just been there two weeks. Mm-hmm. I was listening to Ted Kennedy address like 3,000, 4,000 people in Washington, wow. D.C. Mm-hmm. I'm from the hood. <laughs> I'm from the barrio. I was right. standing in Washington, D.C., listening to Ted Kennedy. I was like, you know. Oh, that's trippy. <laughs> and he was saying trio hmm. into a microphone, and 3,000 people were saying works. And he said trio, and they said works. Trio works over and over. I was floored. Yeah. I was like, Oh my, I'm, I've been called to this. Yeah. This is not just, you know, a job. Mm -hmm. This is like, it really is. It's a, it, it started out as a, whatever we ever want to call it social movement. It's, it's a necessary, it's a beautiful, it's not, it's beautiful. It's necessary. It's whatever to help people shift out of, of uh limitation into to more opportunity that's what it does yeah all the little components are are about doing that and um this was so long ago that i bought the cassette believe it or not wow (laughs) of the speech Uh and i still have that cassette that's amazing and uh you know wow getting to work for trio is a blessing i'm gonna say it that way it's uh it's a blessing that that i i'm so glad to have done and to continue to do well rob it was such a huge honor to have you on the podcast we appreciate you being on here uh we hope to have you back on again soon all right thank you i appreciate being here thanks absolutely and and rob can you do us a huge honor and signing off and when i mean signing off is uh reintroduce yourself your title at trio and uh, just something that you enjoy about Trio or whatever, you, however you want to sign off on that. All right. Well, my name is Rob Katayaga, and I'm the achievement coach for Trio Student Support Services at Central New Mexico Community College. And I would like to sign off by saying your opportunity as a Trio professional or a Trio student is one of the most important or greatest things you will experience in your life. I truly and honestly believe that. And the reason why I believe that is because you're gonna make a connection with at least one more person and probably multiple people that you will never forget on this journey you know, to, to, in higher education. You are gonna make a heart connection, a real connection with another human being on that journey by being part of TRIO. And that's precious. So I'll sign off by saying that. Thank Fantastic. you. Sure. Rob, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You're welcome. Are you a participant, alum, or staff of a TRIO program? Do you want your program highlighted? You or your program could be featured in an upcoming episode of Let's Talk TRIO. Get a hold of us by going to our Facebook page or Instagram and send us a direct message. Search for Let's Talk Trio. We want to get your story to the public.
What a great episode with Rob Carriaga, Achievement Coach at Trio Student Support Services Central New Mexico Community College. Rob, we thank you so much for being on the podcast and for sharing your journey. Just as a reminder, if you would like to be on the Let's Talk Trio podcast, please send us a message via Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. You can also get a hold of us by emailing us directly at letstalktrio at gmail.com. Let's Talk Trio is spelled L-E-T-S-T-A-L-K-T-R-I-O at gmail.com. I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Angelica Villalpando and Student Access. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast. You too can be a sponsor. You can head over to Kickstarter, donate any dollar amount. A $5 or more donation gets you a Let's Talk Trio decal. If you'd like to support us monthly, there is also our Patreon page. On Patreon, look for Let's Talk Trio. Search for your member level. Our basic member level goes at $1, which gets you a shout out on the podcast. And it ranges all the way to $50 a month. Corporate sponsors, head over to our corporate section at the bottom of the page. We will run an ad on our podcast about a minute and 30 seconds for $100 a month. So we will pu- we will run your ad for all the episodes that we publish for that month specifically. I want to say a huge thank you to our podcast team. John Russell, our audio engineer, music producer, and editor. Amelia Castañeda, our producer, marketing manager, and social media manager. Juan Rivas, executive producer and host. Honorary members of Let's Talk Trio include Roderick Chambers, Tony Ho, and Scott Kendall. We thank you all very much for listening. We thank you for being supporters of the podcast. And we will catch you on the next episode.